Hey there, you're listening to What the Riff? Join us as we remember the great rock and roll hits from a month between 1965 and 1995. We're going to riff on all things about the bands, the members, and the goings-on during that time. We hope to inspire you to find and download the songs you hear today, whether you're fans who forgot about some of these tracks or maybe never even heard them before. Check out our blog at whattheriff.com or follow us on Facebook at What the Riff. Here's a shout out to our sponsors, Monkey Wrench Brewing, the best tasting beer and more fun than a barrel of monkeys. Stanton Electric, a commercial electrical specialist and Marbury Creative Group, a brand development agency that helps companies tell it better. So let's turn up the volume and enjoy this episode of What the Riff? Blizzard forms in U.S. 100 people killed in New England and New York over three days. The first micro on a chip is patented by Texas Instruments. And the first Ironman triathlon with the swim, bike, and marathon held in Hawaii. This is February 1978. And I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm John. And I'm Bruce. And we're What the Riff and... Bruce brings us this classic album. All right, folks, this is uh, going out to the parrot heads out there. All right. This is Son of a Son of a Sailor. It's the eighth studio album by Jimmy Buffett. And it's a follow-up to his breakout album, Changes in Latitudes, Changes in Attitudes. Uh, There's a big hit on the album we'll get to, and this is the title track, which is reasonably well-known. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is, I mean, this is at his height. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he I, I don't know. He's the beach bomb. So this opens the album, and it's about his grandfather, James Delaney Buffett. And according to Song Facts, he saw a picture of his grandfather standing on the docks in Nova Scotia. So his grandfather was born in Nova Scotia, but then grew up and lived all his life in Alabama, uh, around Mobile, and uh, he hadn't returned to Nova Scotia until he was 84. Wow. And the picture is of him looking at an old sailing schooner. So that's kind of the imagery that he takes for this song. Uh-huh. I just didn't think it would be that cold. You know, this this is warm water music. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're not in the Keys... Or in South Florida, yeah, this doesn't feel like Nova Scotia for some reason. <laughs> if even if they have a beach, I assume they do. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I'm I'm surprised that we haven't covered Jimmy Buffett in an, an entire album yet, and I'm just curious, where do y'all stand on Jimmy Buffett? Are you fans or? Oh heck yeah! Oh man, I've seen him in concert. You know, fins to the left, fins to the right. You know, I mean, yeah, it's a fun concert. I think he's still out there. The last time, I actually, I bought tickets to, but he had to cancel for medical reasons. So, yeah, he's getting up there in age. I like his restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like his music. His music is good. Was his, let, me ask, let me ask you this. Was Jimmy Buffett big in 78, like when he came out with this stuff? Yeah. Okay, so I knew he took off in the 80s, and I knew people were like, like got a diehard following. But oh, no, 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 no. Come on, Margaritaville. I know, well, I but that was an album. Margaritaville was from Changes in Latitudes, Changes in Attitudes. So but am I wrong in saying that his his fame grew and grew and grew? No, you're right. Well, you're once right. again, Bruce said it. Parrot heads. It's sort of like the you know the dead heads dead. and everything else. Yeah, mm-hmm. they. Yeah, you go to it. It's a party. I am not lying. You get there five hours before the concert. And there are people backed up trucks. And they've 
got their own little pools and everything out there. Everybody's enjoying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I enjoy his music. His music is fun to listen to. His music has grown on me as time has gone on. I was not a huge Jimmy Buffett fan in high school or anything, but the guy can turn a phrase. Yeah. You know? So Jimmy Buffett was born on Christmas Day, 1946, in Pascagoula, Mississippi. He lived in Mobile and in Fairhope, Alabama growing up. And he began playing guitar in college. I know what college. What Auburn, college would that Auburn be? University. There you go. He recorded a country album and went to work for Billboard magazine in Nashville briefly after college. But then he moved to Key West, where he worked as the first mate on the Petticoat 2 yacht. And um, that would become the basically the genre of music. He would develop his own genre there. What do you call this kind of music? Folk music almost. No, yeah. it's beach. It's beach. Let's get drunk on the beach. Beach bum music. music. Yeah. Beach bum music, yeah. Because it's, it's acoustic guitar on the on the beach. I would call it beach folk. But, I mean, he's telling stories, and it's got a look. It's not country, necessarily. It's kind of in that range. I to your question, Bruce, I kind of I could take him or leave him. If I'm out on the beach mm-hmm. on a boat and it's playing, I will not think twice about it. It's just right. playing. But I wouldn't. I've never chosen to play a Jimmy Buffett song. Did you hear those lyrics just then? He said, "Anybody here want to get small? Do you know what that comes from?" Oh, yeah. Steve Martin. That's right. So this song is Manana, and uh, supposedly this is about stuff that Buffett did in a week he spent living on his boat in the British Virgin Islands. And uh, that's one of them is the Steve Martin skit, Anybody Want to Get Small. He had a, Steve Martin had a comedy album called Let's Get Small. Yeah, I had it. So uh, Buffett first called it, um, or Manana means tomorrow in Spanish. And it can be basically a term for procrastination. So this genre of music, though, Buffett first called drunken Caribbean rock and roll. Yeah. Well, he stole also. There's some reggae stuff in the background. Yeah, and there's, there's You'll hear the steel drums and stuff like that. But, yeah, this is, this is sitting on a boat, drinking... Your favorite drinks and just kind of roasting out in the out in the water and yep. in the sun and I really fun. like this description though. A lot of people call it golf oh. and western. <laughs> golf instead of country and western. We have yeah. a Gulf of Mexico and that is the Redneck Riviera down there in, in Panama City. So <laughs> absolutely. I, I just love those the the phrase the the lyrics the things that he's saying in these songs it's just cool. I mean, stepped on a pop top, blew out my flip flop. Yeah, but yeah. who knows what a pop top is anymore? Yeah. I mean, back in the day, kids, when you had a coke or a beer, you popped it off, and the whole thing came off, and people would throw those aside. And like you said, he wasn't wearing his sandals, and he stepped on a pop top. And it would literally cut your foot because it's coming out. So now they obviously they, they stay with the can. That's right. But back in the day, they didn't. Don't 
Did you hear those lyrics, Wayne, where it says, don't try to describe a Kiss concert if you've never seen it? Oh, okay, yeah. That is true. <laughs> you know, d- am I wrong in saying a lot of his music sounds the same? It does. It's, They're I mean, very it's similar, got a, It's yes. got a similar feel. That's why I say it. it's music to me that plays great in the background. So that was Manana. And that was sort of a hit. I mean, I remember it coming out at the time. Maybe just I had the album. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Son of a Son of a Sailor was never released as a single. It wasn't. Oh. But it. But everybody knows it. This one probably wasn't either, but this is a fun song. Believe it or not, this one was released oh. as a single. Uh, it is, But it was used in a movie called Rancho Deluxe that was released in 1975. Starred Jeff Bridges and Sam Waterston playing cattle rustlers in Livingston, Montana. Oh. And it's Livingston Saturday night. Wow, he's all over the place. He Montana, is all over Nova the place. Scotia. But we're, I mean, to me, I'm still in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds a little bit more country. It does sound a little yeah. more. And that's still kind of designed that way, I think, with the Livingston Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, it was also performed in the 1978 movie FM. Which had a okay, whole yeah. bunch of oh, songs yeah, that, in it. That's another one of those. I forgot about that album, but that's a big album that came out at that time, too. So I think, Wayne, you mentioned Parrothead. Do y'all know where the term Parrothead comes from? No, I do not. I did a little bit of research on this. It started in 1985 in a concert in Cincinnati where Buffett made a comment about fans wearing Hawaiian shirts and parrot hats. And he kept coming back to how the shows were like the Deadheads, you know. And for actually, Jimmy Buffett was one of the first folks that discovered how much money could be made from the concert, yeah, rather yeah. than from the music itself. Right, right. So he's made a lot of money on concerts over the years. Uh, and a member of the Coral Reefer Band, whose name was Timothy B. Smith. Oh, really? Commented that he coined the term Parrothead. Ah, And it stuck. Timothy B. Schmidt from the Eagles. From the Eagles, that's right. The high tenor from the Eagles. Uh, The first Parrothead Club was founded in 1989 in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, there's a big, big Parrothead group. Huge following. It's it's huge. I've got a friend, Amy Bateson Brenner, and. we would go to Six Flags. She and uh, her husband at the time, Dave, wanted to go to Six Flags to see Jimmy Buffett play. And mm-hmm. we went to the beach with him a couple times, and they played this music all the time. Every time I hear Jimmy Buffett, that's who I think of. I tell you what, you can get a greatest hits. I mean, we talked about Fins. Um, we got Come Monday, which is not. Yeah. It's a more of a mellow song. And then the song that usually ends a night at the fraternity parties was Let's Get Drunk and... <laughs> that was that was a, a song a literary that, festival. Yeah, that that never made the radio airplay, but yeah, that was a fun <laughs> song we played at the end of the parties. There we go. He's got such a loose style with with. Uh, He's another vocals. one of those that just never takes himself that seriously yeah. either. Yeah, I agree. Now here's the big hit. This one reached number 32 on the Billboard Hot 100, and it is the lead song from the Greatest Hits album. 
The lyrics describe a guy trying to eat healthy, but who cannot resist the temptation of a cheeseburger. Tell you what, there's sometimes you'll eat a burger and it just is like, oh my goodness. Um, Actually, Wednesday night we went to go see um, Billy Idol. We went to Taco Mac. And I was getting a, I was getting a burger, and you had two patties and everything else. And literally, this thing looked like a slider. It just like it was like about half the size I was expecting. Oh, you know, yeah. it was like seventeen ninety nine. I was like, <laughs> holy crap, people! But they filled it with French fries, and it's like, man, you're just making up with potatoes than you are with the burger. Yep. Yep. There you go. The song itself was inspired by an event where Buffett was caught out in the Caribbean on a boat with a broken ice box. They had to live for several days off of canned food and peanut butter. And when they finally made it into port, what did they get? Got them a cheeseburger. That American creation on which I feed. Don't you know when you're super hungry, whatever you eat is the best whatever you've ever That's had? That's right, yes. I had a friend just finish the, the Appalachian Trail version in, in Georgia. Yep. And his wife showed up at the end. He had a triple Wendy's cheeseburger nice. <laughs> And it just, it tastes heavenly. Oh, yeah. And about a 12-pack of beer, too. <laughs> Here's yeah. the bridge. There you go. Get this, Jimmy Buffett is supposedly worth around $550 million. Good grief. Making him one of the richest musicians in the world. I want to say down in Orlando, there's now a retirement village, I think, called Margaritaville. He has gotten involved in everything. He's gotten involved in restaurants, obviously, Margaritaville, things like that. Property management, just, uh, you know, sports team. And Lake Lanier, our our biggest lake here in Georgia, has a place called Margaritaville. That's right. And really only the tourists go to. Us locals just avoid it like a plague because we know <laughs> you're going to get pulled over. All right. You do that have to awesome. drive a little bit slower on, on Lake Lanier Island. <laughs> well, thanks, <laughs> exactly. Bruce. That was fun. Trip down memory lane. Now we're going to go to our entertainment track brought to us by Monkey Wrench Brewing. And this is the theme from a movie that came out. All right. From... February 1978, our entertainment, Richard Pryor had a movie that came out called Which Way Is Up? <laughs> I love all things Richard Pryor, man. I hear he you. He is freaking hilarious. He actually had another movie that came out at the same time. He was starring with Harvey Keitel, which I love. Oh, yeah. Harvey Keitel yeah. is a great actor. It was called Blue Collar. It was a crime drama, but, you know, I mean, I, I don't remember that, but I want to go see that. The band is Starguard. Oh, okay. Little soul there. Little little funky, little disco. Another movie that came out in uh, February 1978, Coming Home. You remember that was Jane Fonda and John Voight and Bruce Dern. It was about a, a Vietnam War veteran that came back. And I think he had lost his legs or something like that and, you know, had a tough time adapting back to... That was when all those sort of Vietnam films started coming. Apocalypse Now started coming out around then. Director Roman Polanski skips bail and flees to France after pleading guilty to charges of sex with a 13-year-old girl. 
that he had served alcohol to also. So, yeah. And he's never been seen in the United States since. And he's fame with um, with uh, his wife being killed by the Manson family. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. All right. And TV of February 1978, the fourth People's Choice Awards. John Wayne and Barbara Streisand win with the motion picture. And James Garner and Mary Tyler Moore win for the TV versions. When I saw that we were doing the theme song from Which Way Is Up, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was Any Which Way But Loose. Yeah. Oh, okay. You thought it was the I was thinking Clint, Clint Eastwood, Eastwood yeah. with, the, with the orangutan. Right turn, Clyde. But then you reminded me about Richard Pryor. Do you remember going over to your friend's house who, like, maybe their parents allowed them to buy the Richard Pryor oh, albums? Oh, the just, Bicentennial N-Word, yeah. And, and just sitting there listening to that. It's just—it's so funny to me to think back to the times that we've talked about it before, where you just—you're sitting in your buddy's bedroom, oh. and you're just sitting there. Somebody's on the floor, somebody's on the bed, somebody's over here on a stool. Wrecked him. It, it killed him. <laughs> <laughs> listening to uh, listening to Richard Pryor, uh, and you had to do the volume just right, yeah. unless the, unless the other friend's parents were out of town, yeah, and you just exactly. turn it up. But oh, it's deep too. Yeah. <laughs> this water's cold. Yeah, but I, I I feel like Richard Pryor, even with all his drug issues and everything, I feel like he was a nice guy. You know, I think yeah. he had a good heart. He was on Sesame Street. We talk about that a lot. Well, he was a know? co-writer of Blazing Saddles. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and he was just funny, and he just rolled with it. And yeah, his his whole delivery was hilarious. He's been an inspiration to so many people, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. My first introduction to him was his uh, stand-up comedy. Oh, yeah. Richard Pryor yeah. live in concert. Live on the, con- yeah. live on the Sunset Strip Live, live on the Sunset, yep. yep. Yeah, that that's was- what, and that's what I'm talking about, the comedy albums. I mean, do you even have comedy albums much anymore? It's it's Netflix specials now. Yeah, they're all video so specials. So his movie where, where he plays the toy. Yeah. Oh, my God. You couldn't make that movie today. Yeah. No, no, you could not. But <laughs> you if couldn't. you haven't seen that, go watch, go download that movie and watch it. And please don't cringe because, yeah, it is, it I mean, is, it's dated, it is not woke anymore. <laughs> That's our entertainment track from uh, February of 1978. Now we're going to go to our staff picks, and Wayne's going to lead us off there. What do you have for us, Wayne? Straight from the CBGBs in New York City, we have the first quote-quote hit from that punk group, The Talking Heads. Actually, this is my favorite song of theirs. The song, Psycho Killer. Oh, okay, yeah. it wasn't a top 40 hit, but it did crack the top 100. Isn't it about uh, coffee or tea? Nescafe? Uh, it represents the thoughts of a serial killer. Psycho Killer Nescafe. <laughs> uh, there is a bridge lyrics with, in French in this, yes. <laughs> I tried to sing it before when I was younger, and I was just going, what is it saying there? You know? So we make up our own like, we, like a lot of people do. This is another one with the stuttering in it, too, isn't it? I was about to mention, did this one make the top one, the stuttering top 100 heart, hot 100? That's a previous podcast, people. Yeah, no, go, go back one to episode 260. You'll hear that. 
always thought this song was in reference to the Son and Sam killings. If you remember, that was happening at that time and everything. Um, but they actually started performing this song in 1974, so it was well in advance of that. So they started performing this in 1974. Yeah. This is 1978. Yeah. Yep. The Talking Heads really developed kind of a cult following uh, at their concerts before they hit it big in yeah. the uh, recording well, industry, right? Well, you, you remember what uh, CBGB's stood for? It was the country and bluegrass. And so that, you know, that was what originally what it was supposed to be. And then it became this punk hangout with the, the Ramones and Blondie, you know, the Dead Boys, and obviously the Talking Heads, television. Well, and Byrne was known as the, you know, he would dress in all of these weird costumes when he would perform, too. Yeah, David Byrne is the big head of this, and, you know, he had, a, I think, a female bass player, and there's, you know, so he would actually go off on his own, and there's some, you know, he's still out there performing, but yeah, I, I think he, he tries to avoid a lot of these hit songs, because, but that's got him famous. Right. So, do we, do we classify this as punk? At the time, yeah. You think about it. You you think of Bond, you, you, Blondie was having Heart of Glass at this time. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of considered punk. Yeah. It just it was that American version of punk, not the British version of punk. Yeah. You know? I think of this more as new wave. Though. Yeah, I, yeah. W- I wouldn't call it punk. I yeah, new so. wave alternative is, is another word for it. But yeah, but new wave sort of happened in the early eighties. Right. Was that, it feels um, a little darker than new wave. Yeah. Yeah. But That's. He's kind of, you know, the way he sings and everything is very different from like, you know. Well, and it's not Garage Band, you know. It's it's got uh, it's got more chord changes, you know. It's, yeah. it's closer to The Cure than it is to like Generation X or something yeah. like that. I, I'd buy that. Well, David Bird says when he started writing this, I imagine Alex, Alice Cooper doing a Randy Newman type ballad. <laughs> you know, the guy who did Short People yeah. and I Love oh, yeah. L.A. and yeah. and the Toy Story well, songs. Bruce mentioned that uh, Jimmy Buffett didn't take himself too seriously. I kind of get that feeling with David Byrne. I mean, it's kind of like he just makes up some fun lyrics. I may be wrong about that. He might be very serious about it. Well, we can talk at it. I'm sure someone will do a Talking Heads album. We've done one. Oh, we did do an album? I'm I'm pretty sure. I think we just did a song. I thought Brian did. I think we did Burning Down the House or something like that. But, yeah, this song just reveals the thoughts of a psycho killer who's targeting a woman. So, you know, it's sort of like a Norman Bates thought, you know, as in psycho. All right. Thanks, Wayne. Now we're oh, going to did our... Did you like that killer song? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the psycho killer song. Now we're going to go to my staff pick. Uh-oh. Go for it, Rob. The band with a funky name. Lynard Skynard, right? There you we'll talk go. about that. Considerably south of the CBGBs. Talking about Jimmy Buffett telling a story, this is obviously a story. It's based on a story with the band drinking at their hotel bar during a tour. One of the roadies got into a fight. They got kicked out, but they went to another room in the hotel. They ordered champagne. That's what he's talking about, trying to pick up this girl. But this incident did not happen in the city of Boise, Idaho. Okay. Instead, 
Van Zant found out that the band 38 Special, which was his brother's band, Donnie, was starting its first national tour in Boise, Idaho. So they changed the So it changed the location to protect the innocent. <laughs> yeah, maybe that too, yes. Come upstairs, girl, and have a drink of champagne. The um, the video for this is kind of touching, if you've seen it, if you remember it. It was released after the plane crash that killed several of them. And it, you'll see the roadies getting set up for the show and the bands practicing. And then at the very end of the video, they have a microphone stand with Ronnie's oh, wow. hat sitting on top okay, of it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a tribute to him. You guys remember where these guys are from, right? Jacksonville. Jacksonville, yep. Florida. I love, I love the, I love the beat that they always bring to their music, man. And the, the strong guitars, obviously. Leonard Skinner's known for the amazing lead guitar. It's called guitars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, talking about this. they had three guitars. <laughs> I. There's one of the members, Gary Rosington. Uh, just recently passed away as of the recording of this. It was in uh, March. He was the last surviving member. He was on the plane. He survived the plane crash. He had two broken arms, a broken leg, and a punctured liver. And he survived that. The next year, he survived a car crash. Oh my God, this guy. When his Grand Torino ran into a tree. And that was uh, the inspiration for a song, Ooh, That Smell. Oh, really? This guy's an insurance nightmare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talk about mayhem. But I do, I do like the fact that it's telling this story about what's going on. I do too. I, I, I like when I like when a song tells a story and it's got kind of that that beginning, middle, and end, and it kind of kind of climaxes. Uh, and Leonard Skinner did that so well, man. Oh, they, yeah. they were a storytelling band. Indeed. Well, thank you, Rob. Absolutely. Thanks, man. We're going to move on to Mr. John Lynch. What you got, buddy? I got the wonderful vocals of Maurice White from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ah, we got some uh, horns here. Yeah, this is uh, Serpentine Fire. It doesn't have that disco beat at all. Not at all. Not a bit. Man, I love it. I love this. I love this beat. Now, Serpentine Fire is is the original version of that apparently came from a yoga style. It was a yoga style called Serpentine Fire. Oh, weird. And so Maurice White was he's all about these positive vibes. And he's very 70s disco, keep it cool man kind of R&B. But uh, this Serpentine Fire hit um, it hit number one on the R&B charts. Hit number thirteen on the Hot 100. Just, just coming out. Something, something to dance to, man. I mean, I imagine, a, I imagine the disco floors played this every Saturday night, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It, you it just was, can't was. go wrong. This with and Earth, I was made for loving you by Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and Emotional Rescue <laughs> by Rolling Stone. So Maurice White, Wade Flemons, and Don Whitehead, were they were writing songs in Chicago in the 69-70 region, right? And they they couldn't they couldn't get off the ground they couldn't move the move the band to move get get kind of the fame they wanted. Huh. They started a band called the Salty Peppers, <laughs> and they, they they were performing live and they were doing their thing. They couldn't get they couldn't get signed. Maurice decides, you know what? I'm gonna move to L.A. where people may be more hip to my music. So he picks up, drags his brother with him. They find a singer called Sherry Scott and Yakov Ben Israel, and he the Yakov played drums, and uh, they they get signed. They they start recording as Earth Wind Fire, and they get signed by Warner Brother Records oh. in L.A. And they picked them up, and the rest is history. You you, you you get you get the crazy disco R&B sound. Yeah. Well, early on, they weren't really disco, but by this time, yeah. 1978 was just crazy disco. I'll tell you, there was a Coca-Cola event when I worked at Coke in Las Vegas. They brought Earth, Wind, and Fire in. To oh, play. really? That would be great. Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, I was like within 20 feet of the band. It was It was just great. That's kind of fun. Sometimes you get in those corporate events, and yep. they bring somebody like that in, and you get real close to them. If, if you like this, I've mentioned this band before. There's a, a group out there called Leonid and Friends, and they're Russian, and they mostly do covers of Chicago, but they also do some uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and they're just really – they sound just like them. It's, I think it has to do with the fact that they've got excellent horn players, but then they figured out how to sing like this, too. Yeah. So, so Earth, Wind, and Fire sold over 90 million records. Really? Yeah. They wow. Are, they are they are a hit. Um, they're you might the top song is obviously Shining Star. I mean, Shining Star was played over and over. I mean, you probably still hear it on the radio. No matter who you are. <laughs> no, no matter who you are, Bruce. That's exactly right. You um, will be made to heard. <laughs> we got another song. Sing a song. That was yep. a hit. Um, they've had hits forever, but I mean, obviously their their big time was the late seventies. Yeah. They 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 peaked in the late seventies. Great, thanks, Lynch. All right, now we're going back to the man who started it all today. What do you have for us, oh, Bruce? Yeah. <laughs> very white. Very close. Very close. This is another song we're going to redeem from Big Pharma. So I got its magic back from uh, oh Ozempic. Oh gosh, I hate that. <laughs> and uh, this AstraZeneca uses this in their commercial for uh, Farsiga, but it was originally "Lovely Day" by Bill Withers. Yeah. 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 The, unlike them, we're not going to read uh, at high speed uh, the, all the side effects that are going to happen to you. That's right. Diarrhea, heart palpitations, headaches, dandruff. <laughs> this could result in your left leg falling off or death. Just one look at you. And I know it's going to be a lovely So Withers and Skip Scarborough wrote this one, and it was released in December 1977 on the album Menagerie went to number 30 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 6 on the Billboard R&B chart. Another one of those really positive songs. 
It really know, we is. We talked about Mr. Blue Sky before. I mean, lovely day. I mean, you can go down the list on some of these things. Yeah. Walking in sunshine. So they're playing. Um, they're going to play uh, Mr. Blue Sky at my funeral. Are, they, are we going to play this at yours? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> in my time of dying, Led Zeppelin. Oh, okay. All right. We should do a, a podcast on that. What songs do we want to play at our funeral? I'm going to sing karaoke at your funeral. I'm going to sing Don't Worry, Be Happy. <laughs> I thought you were going to sing karaoke at your funeral. That's why I, yeah, I'm going to pre-record it. Don't worry. I'm going to kill, uh, kill her queen. Now, you hear this note? Yes. He's holding that for an awfully long time. There is a note that Wither, Withers holds for 18 seconds in this song, and that makes it the longest sustained note in a top 40 hit. No kidding. Wow. Oh, oh, oh. On guitar, Ray Parker Jr. Really? Yeah. I did not know that he I didn't them. either. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. A primarily rap version came out on the soundtrack to Whitney Houston's movie The Bodyguard in 1992. Hmm. I think uh, I, I will not that. be doing that one. I do not remember that. I can't see this being a rap song. Yeah, this doesn't sound like a rap song at all. Yeah. But what do I know? I, I, like, I like this version. It's nice. I like it. It's AstraZeneca would like to present you with... <laughs> know his other big hit or his biggest hit he did uh, ain't no sunshine didn't he yeah I, didn't he do raindrops keep falling on my head wasn't that bill withers oh, I don't this know. is the 18 second one all right that one I may have missed on exactly which one it is, but there is one of these is the 18-second hold. It's probably the last one. Yeah, that might make sense. So it just drifts off from here. All right. Thanks for bringing that. They should have put the words Lovely Day in that song. They should. They should. Yeah, that'd make it a hit, wouldn't it? It would have made it a hit. All right. Well, now we're going to go to uh, what's usually either a laugh track or an instrumental. This is an instrumental, and it's from a movie. This movie came out of Bollywood. Yes, out of India. It's from the soundtrack, Dawn. <laughs> this sounds like a cop show. Kalanji Ananji. Kal- the theme from Dawn. Yeah. I was wrong on the raindrops. That was B.J. Thomas. I apologize. Oh, oh okay. Fault. All right. Top hits of February 1978. Staying alive, BGs. Love is thicker than water, Andy Gibb. Just the way you are, Billy Joel. We are the champions. We will rock you, Queen. Oh wow, that was man. Sometimes Huge. when we touch, the honesty's too much. Yeah, that's that was, way too much honesty. That was Dan Hill. That was a very very mellow song. 20th Annual Grammy Awards were presented in L.A., hosted by John Denver. Fleetwood Mac Rumors wins Album of the Year. But the Eagles Hotel California wins Record of the Year. 
and a rare tie of Barbara Streisand's Evergreen, which is a theme from the Stars Born. Yep. And you light up my life when song of the year. <laughs> you, man, that song that had to be played more than any other song. Uh, it, it was number one for, I think, I can't remember, six, seven, eight weeks. I can't remember what it was. It yeah. was the song of the decade in uh, Billboard Hot 100. Really, huh? Yeah. I didn't like it. Wasn't, you know. the, wasn't it 77, 78 when the Bee Gees had, oh, yeah. they broke the record where the Bee Gees had number one and they handed off number one to another Bee Gees number one yeah. and it was like five in a row. Yeah, it was all that Saturn at Fever soundtrack. Yeah. So, also, albums that came out in February 1978, Jefferson Starship, Earth. Van Halen's first album. Oh, man, that is a classic. It really is. Judas Priest, Stained Class. Kate Bush had Kick Inside. You've been listening to February 1978. We're What the Riff. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm John. And I'm Bruce. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening to What the Riff. We hope you enjoyed the songs we had on tap today. Please tell your friends about us. Check us out at whattheriff.com and follow us on Facebook. Special thanks to our sponsors, Monkey Wrench Brewing, Stanton Electric, and Marbury Creative Group. That's all for this week. See you next week on What the Riff.